0: Hi, everyone. Leanne Pilkington with you for Courageous Conversations, podcast number 11. And my very special guest today is Louisette Geis, who is the co-founder of Real Women in Real Estate LA. And she was also our very special guest speaker at the WIRE event earlier in 2019. Hi, Louisette, Thanks for being oh, here. Thank you so much.
1: It's nighttime here and early for you, so you know I'm sure you're holding coffee while I have wine.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. I wish I was having wine, but no, it's too early in the morning for me. (laughs) Yes. So the theme of the podcast is around courageous conversations. Um, I think your story is well known to to a lot of our listeners, and you were an actress, had a bit of a run-in with the old uh, your old mate Harvey Weinstein, and as a result, you had actually had to change your complete career direction. How did you go about getting your head around that? What were the kind of conversations you had to have with yourself and others to really get clear on what that direction could be?
1: Well, it's an interesting question just because I remember it pretty clearly. Um, We have a beautiful park here in LA called uh, Palisades Park and I lived only a couple blocks from it and I was a single girl uh, and then took my little scruffy dog Barkley and I would walk down to that park and sit on um, a, a bench and kind of write out every, you know, a couple months what I wanted to see and envision for myself. And um, after the Harvey Weinstein experience uh, in 2008, uh, that really was a catalyst to really propel me to... Just want to make a change. I mean, I really did enjoy the entertainment industry. I really did. I mean, there was. I mean, what's not to love, right? I mean, I was a comedian for the most part. I did a lot of comedy shows. Um, I was writing. Um, I think you know, if I'm really in my skin, that's that's what I do very well, and I enjoyed it. And um, I was doing musical improv, even so, really challenging things when it comes to comedy, but. I enjoyed it. And, um, but you know, I really didn't like being treated like a a sex worker every day of my life. And that job really was that way, unfortunately. So that last instance with Harvey, you know, I sat down alone on that park bench and I wrote out, you know, really if I was to die tomorrow, what would I want to, what would I want? You know, I mean, Did the Oscar mean more to me than having a family? And when I really, you know, had that little chat with myself, it was uh, a big hell no. So (laughs) I decided, you know what, like enough is enough. And um, I also didn't feel good um, the way that I was being treated. Uh, And I just knew that I, I just could not continue on. So my goals were to have a healthy, happy relationship. Um, to have a family, because I felt like at any stage, if I had any of that, and I, you know, that was my last breath, that I would be the most elated and feel the most fulfilled having done that. So really, that became my new goal. And you have to understand, I mean, I really had been an actress, um, and writer and director, producer for a long time. I mean, even in my, my mom jokes, because I think I was only like seven, but I would get the um the neighborhood kids around and I'd make them do a show and then we would charge the parents. <laughs> of so course. Yeah. I was, you know, I was an entrepreneur even at that age. And yeah, I Yeah, right. <laughs> so I mean, you know, they had to pay a certain amount of money because we had to go to the five and ten store to get some candy. So, you know, I mean it's just always been who I am. But I was like, you know what? let me just follow my dreams of really having a family. So, um, I, I really tried to start, I actually started to look for a, you know, a job. Um, I had owned a music company. Um, and although that I was very successful doing that, it was 2008. So need I say more? I mean, that was a, a world challenge. Um, so yeah, not the time to find a job. And, um, My brother-in-law worked at a college and, you know, uh, one thing led to another. And I got a job helping kids find jobs in the entertainment industry because I obviously had a lot of connections in there. Um, And I knew social media. So, uh, you know, all those things kind of, uh, you know, I worked with a woman named Liz Heller. She's another woman who really held me up when I needed the money and and helped teach me. and, And I appreciated that because... Those jobs actually catapulted me into the real estate industry because, as you well know, um, realtors need to know how to market themselves well. They need to know how to digitally market themselves, in particular. Um, and now, um, you know, whether you live in Australia or Los Angeles, you I feel like you need to almost be somewhat of an actor um, as a realtor because there's so much, uh, you know, digital content as far as video goes. So it was an easy step for me to kind of take and get into that world. So I work in title insurance now.
0: Yeah, right. That makes sense. I hadn't thought about that. But certainly um, agents do need to have really strong presentation skills in the lounge room, but even more so now with the advent of video. Absolutely. And interestingly enough, I
1: mean, obviously that's my background. So, I mean, I can really help agents, you know, feel comfortable. I can help them with just wrapping their mind around what is the written content to the visual content to um understanding, you know, here we call it farming. I don't know if you call it farming. Oh well, yeah, prospecting. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, and I I owned my own company. So I know what it means to be an, an entrepreneur and I know what it means to have to get that next deal. So even as an actress, you know, that is, it is the same, you know, even though I'm selling something different, you know, you're selling yourself as an actress to be in the show, or you're selling your script. I had to do all the things that agents do on a daily basis. But see, I was kind of ahead of the curve on that, because we knew, I mean, I was actually in one of the first digital TV shows when I was 24. And, um, you know, I'll be 45 on Saturday so it was a long time ago you know so I mean I was ahead of that curve and that really did help kind of take me to a new career so I'm lucky
0: yeah you are lucky the fact that you sat down with your journal and envisaged what you wanted your life to look look like I find that really interesting is that something that you've done for a long time where did that actually start I definitely did it in
1: high school. And I was, um, you know, raised on Oprah Winfrey show. (laughs) You know, I feel like, um, God bless her, Oprah, you know, really always talked about journaling. And then um, as an actress, I mean, a lot of what maybe somebody doesn't understand who is not an actress is that Um, If you are really going to portray a character well, you have to do an incredible amount of research, um, and that is journaling. You have to – and then you actually write your bio as that character. So a lot of those things went into – you know, helping me just as a human as well. Um, so, you know, I would journal out what I wanted to do and um, where I saw myself going. And needless to say, I have two baby two baby girls now and two step boys, uh, 14 and 12. And so I don't really have the time to journal anymore. But you know, I-, <laughs> I would not imagine you would. <laughs> but I did get what I wanted. Um, and I always, you know... I always look at uh, my girls, Tegan and Delaney, and I I do really try every day to have that moment of gratitude because I think that is so, so, so important. And really nothing else, you know, matters to me. And, you know, this whole Weinstein case has not been easy on me, uh, at least. And I mean, even today I had a new development. So it's just you know, it's, I'm carrying the torch, but it's not an easy torch to to carry.
0: You had to make a, because obviously all of the stuff with Weinstein happened to you a really, really long time ago. And then it all started to come out and you had to then make a decision with your husband that you wanted to be, well, not wanted, but you were prepared to be the person to carry the torch. So what was that conversation like?
1: Well, I think, you know, so my experience with Harvey happened in 2008. Um, I had over the years told other women, um, you know, to be careful of him. Um, I had no uh, idea of the breadth of, of you know, his harassment. I mean, um, I knew what had happened to me, but that was about it. Um and I, I mean, I knew it had one or two other women over the years had told me, so I knew that there were other women, and in fact, one of them was very famous. So I was a little frustrated when the New Yorker and the New York Times came out that this other actress didn't come forward because I was like, oh my god, Harvey was threatening to sue the New York Times and the New Yorker, and that really bothered me. And the other thing that really bothered me was that he publicly said very flippantly, you know, this is such a good story. I want to buy the movie rights. Had he said, you know what, I'm a major jerk at the time and I've done so many wrong things and I'm going to go get help. I mean, it it may not have pushed me as hard, you know, (laughs) but, um, when he said that I knew I had to do something. And so my husband obviously had, you know, I'd told him for many years, about how you know what had happened to me, and and it obviously is really depressing. I mean, I had been in the movie industry for almost twenty years, so to give that up, and especially when it is what I feel kind of like a calling of a job, like you know, part of your soul, um, you, it's hard to give up. I mean, you know, even to this day, it's hard to to not you know want to still be a part of it. But I think that um, my husband just you know he said to me, he's like, you got to do something. Also. I was already getting calls from like 2020 and all these other people. And I realized pretty quickly, like, Oh, I better get ahead of it. <laughs> and, and so I called Gloria Allred um, and she called me back, which was a miracle to me. Um, and then <laughs> she also kind of pushed me to, to do a, a press conference in the essence of that. She said, look, you know, more women have to come forward. And I, I agreed with her about that. And so the sole purpose was when I did my press conference was simply to get other women to step forward so that Harvey would not have the uh strength to sue the New York Times and The New Yorker because the more I knew the more of us who came forward to say bs, you did do these things, you know he would not he couldn't do it. So when we did the 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 um press conference, I really kind of thought you know, like I would do that. And I don't know, I mean, that would be that and he wouldn't get to sue them and and hopefully he would lose, you know, lose something. But I had zero um, foresight into understanding the fact that, you know, this would create a movement because I did not realize that there was hundreds of women behind me, sadly.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah, it's phenomenal how yeah. it's ended up, absolutely phenomenal.
1: Yeah, and it's still going on as you – yeah. yeah. I mean, even today, um, you know, I can't share the news sure. because I am the chairwoman of his bankruptcy. I am the lead plaintiff against, you know, he and the Weinstein company. But you know, when I think of all the things and, and there's so many negative things that have transpired throughout this case that I'm so not happy with and I look forward to the day that I can talk about it. Yeah, sure. I mean, it is going to be the second, you know, I feel like I'm on page 35 right now of this
0: screenplay. (laughs) (laughs) Right. How many pages is this screenplay going to have?
1: About 110. (laughs)
0: Yeah, right. Oh, my goodness. Not even a third of the way through. Yeah,
1: I feel like, you know, I look forward to getting this page 65 where I can explain a little bit more. And then, you know, I look excited. I'm excited for the ending of it. I I know that that will come to pass, but I, you know, I just think overall as women, you know, enough is enough. Um, And for men as well, I can't tell you how many men come to me and say, thank you so much for what you're doing because this happened to me. And I mean, it is kind of mind blowing because there's so much more quiet about it. But I, I have to tell you, I mean, just men of all different ages and, you know, it just from walks of life have said this to me, so I mean it is what makes me realize you know I used to say I'm doing this for my daughters, but it's made me realize like no no, no no, I'm doing this for my you know step boys and my daughters,
0: yeah, you don't you don't actually it doesn't occur to you that it is happening to men as well as women, but you're absolutely right,
1: yeah, well, men who experience harassment um you know sometimes if it's another man harassing another man, I mean quite frankly, they're even more bold. Um, which is really again mind blowing. <laughs>
0: but Yeah, that's for it, sure.
1: Yeah, it's ac- actually pretty interesting. So the stories I've heard, it's like, holy moly, like had you done that to a woman publicly, you know, no one would have been okay with that. But you know, you did it to a guy and ha ha ha, we have to laugh it off, and that's not fun either for them.
0: No, so, it's not.
1: You know, we're I'm just trying to say, like, look, it's pretty basic, respect each other. Um you know, and, and and
0: treat each other as you would want to be treated. You know, yeah, it shouldn't be too hard. And it's not just um, it's not just the major type of harassment that you experienced. There's still so much har- just harassment every day. Inappropriate comments, inappropriate behaviour. Um, everyday sexism is the is the term that they've coined for it, which kind of I don't really like because it, it almost normalises it. And um, and I think we all need to be brave enough to call it out when it happens.
1: I agree. And, I mean, before I did the Today Show, a friend of mine who lives in Australia actually said, you know, she felt like it was harder for her. She's one of the women in our class action. She said it was harder for her in Australia, um, that she didn't feel like um, victims were heard as much there, which was interesting to me um, because it was a harder case to prove. Um, you know, I mean, quite frankly, and again, I can't talk a whole lot about it, but like what I've gone through through this case, I don't know that it's easier. I think um, it's, it, it, it's, it's again pretty mind blowing some of the things that, that, you know, people say at, at high, ho- high courts, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, I mean, so I do think that it's time. It, it, listen, it was time many, 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 many years ago, but you know what? I do, there is, the only exciting part for me is I'm excited that we are on the precipice of this tidal wave of change. I mean, that, I I do think to myself often, like, even though I hate, listen, I wouldn't wish this whole trial and all this other craziness on anybody, but I do think to myself, like, how much better it is that I have been able to get this off my chest that I am I am proactively helping other women and I am helping to change the mentality of women and men that is great to me the The fact that I was holding it for so long was much more depressing to be quite frank
0: so yeah that 's really interesting I was speaking to a friend of mine a, a guy who was in the audience when you spoke at Wire earlier this year. And he was absolutely horrified that he was looking around at the women and there were hundreds of women there and he said everybody was nodding in agreement. He's like, I never realised that there was such an issue in Australia and it was that moment that he just went, wow, this really is a problem and we need to do something about it. So that was really, it was a really powerful moment. For him, and it takes someone to have a courageous conversation with themselves and then with others, to someone to be brave, to actually make a difference um, for so many other people. So congratulations on that being you. Well <laughs> I'd like to say thank you, but-, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I mean, look, we have all um, had that conversation with ourselves where we say, okay, we're just going to ignore that comment. We're going to ignore what you did. We're going to move let forward. Let it go. Yeah, let it go. Yep. Oh my God, yep. you're crying. You're destitute. You feel like, let's say, crap. You know, I mean, we've all been there. And I just, for the love of God, would love to, you know, have. Child are the next generation hopefully um conduct themselves in a different manner and to to be excited to go to work and to be treated um fairly and justly if you work hard then you you move forward, and that's just it
0: yeah it shouldn't be too much to ask no <laughs> really no, not all, not at it's, all so. it's quite perplexing, but i um I certainly am looking forward to a time when gender is no longer on the agenda I agree. I
1: agree. I mean, women, I mean, listen, you know, I gotta be honest. If, if, if I was sleeping on a bag of money and I could just sit home and raise my kids all day long, um, you know, that's a lovely thing. That's a, you know, and I'm not saying it's an easy job by any means. It is not, but, but I'm not. And most women that I know need to work. So, you know, we are in the workforce. That is not going away. And and listen, I admire so many women and, you know, we are multitaskers, whether anybody likes it or not. I mean, we have had to do this from day one. Um, and quite frankly, we do it pretty darn well, generally. So, you know, if we can also, as women, hold each other up, hold each other up and push each other forward and be happy about that you know, let's, let's celebrate the success of our female, other female friends. I think that is going to be an, an amazing um, transformation in our
0: in our world as well. Uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, that's part of the reason why I started uh, Real Women in Real Estate in, in Australia. It's about shining the light on other people. It's about encouraging people to take that next step, to have that confidence, to do whatever that next step is for them. Um, and it doesn't have to be a lot. It's it surprises me at how little it takes to encourage that in people. So it's um yeah, it's nice to be able to share with other women. Absolutely,
1: and you know what? It's fun.
0: It <laughs> so is. yeah, you know,
1: I mean, I listen. The way that I met you, I mean, it's it's really I just love that about life. Like, look, I sat around with a, a bunch of women in LA, and we were. We were part of another group that wasn't so real, i.e., we um, felt a little vacant um, <laughs> and and you know too interested in things that we didn't feel we cared about. And so we said, "Well, what about real women in real estate?" And when we looked it up, you had that name, and you know we reached out to you, and the rest is history. And we thought, forget it. Why do we start something new? Why don't we just you know lock arms with somebody you know as far away as Australia, but that's the like to me just that is the beauty of what women bring to the table if we can get behind each other and hold each other up um and it doesn't matter age or you know or gender really you know I, I, a good guy I'll hold
0: you up myself, you know <laughs> it might totally be hard, yeah, right? yeah absolutely, yeah, absolutely, I completely agree, yes I'm so glad that we um that we connected the way that we did. Um, and I'm very much looking forward to coming over and being part of um, one of your events again this year like I was last year. Um, I know. You know, so, travel around the world drinking champagne. What a job. <laughs> How do you do it, How do <laughs> really you Really well, it? actually. I do it really well.
1: <laughs> you do, actually. I have to say, and you dress impeccably. So I had to up, had to up my game with the, with the look there. I might add that I spent too much money in Australia um, and you know, I have a lot of Australian uh, clothing now, so I'm sure. Yes, indeed. Did, yes,
0: <laughs> yes. I, I took took Louisette to Camilla, so she had her first Camilla experience in Sydney, and she enjoyed it.
1: <laughs> yes, in Leona uh, Edmondson. Oh, Edmondston. Oh, yes. oh, beautiful.
0: Yes. Yeah, yes. very good. Yes. Very good. I'm
1: honoring you over here, so. All right. Well, thank you, somebody. Can't wait to have you here. And um, listen, anybody is invited to, so we're going to do an event on July 18th, um, probably around four. We're trying to do a, um, a panel first, and then we'll you know,
0: sip champagne as you, as you noted. Sounds like a plan. I will very much look forward to it. Thank you so much for being with us. Of course. Thank you.